Hey, I'm Jen. In life, I've learned that adversity is a stranger to no one. The way we cope is a huge indicator of our character. We want to make choices from confidence, empowerment, and trust instead of letting our circumstances control us. Let's talk about how. This is episode V, Virtual Reality. Hello, everyone. I am feeling good. How are you? Especially because we got sick this weekend, my family and I, and because of our symptoms, we thought it was COVID. So I got COVID tested and I was worried, especially with the spike in cases, but it was negative. I was really tempted to just rebroadcast a past episode, but here I am, and I usually record on Wednesday nights anyway, so what's the difference? I wanted to say thank you already for those of you who reached out to me because of my post requesting help with questions on anxiety. I've already had 12 people message me and half of them have submitted the questions and the other half are working on them. So I'm excited for that anxiety and empowerment episode and it will air July 7th. So we have that to look forward to. Name the emotion this week are my own emotions, but as always, my inbox is open. Remember to send me an experience at A is for adversity on Instagram or email me at genbank16 at gmail.com. My first emotion was frustration. I tend to get frustrated a lot. I'm realizing as I've been recording these episodes, in my mind, my baby, my newborn, should go to bed when I want to go to bed. (laughs) I even try starting the bedtime process an hour or two before I'm going to go to bed, doing a final feeding, a diaper change, swaddling, the whole works, and setting him down. And most of the time, it just takes a lot longer than I would expect. So that's probably my problem there is having expectations. But most of the time, I do the same thing. I rock him. I bounce him a little bit before I set him down and you just never know which time is going to (laughs) work. That's the time I rely on my husband the most. I just, as soon as I get frustrated, I tell him I'm frustrated. I hand him the baby and he takes care of him. Otherwise that frustration builds and it gets ugly and I don't like those feelings. So I resolve them any way I can. If he wakes up in the middle of the night, which he still does because he's a newborn, understandably so. I'm fine. I can get up. No problem. Feed him. We're good. I fall back asleep super easily, but for whatever reason, it's just starting out that I just want him to start out asleep. When I sleep, I want him to be strong. (laughs) My next emotion was elated. I like that word. Last night I was at a book club, and as I was in the kitchen, I happened to notice some ultrasound pictures on the fridge, and I glanced at the date to make sure that it wasn't for her previous child, and sure enough, it said May 26th, and so a little while later in the book club, I brought it up, and I said, don't hate me, hopefully this is okay to bring up, and that it's public enough, but I noticed that you're pregnant, And she said, yep. And did you notice that there were two babies in the picture? And I gasped and I said, no, I didn't. And I ran over to the fridge along with three or four other girls that had heard this news. And 
we were all just so excited looking at that picture. I couldn't believe I missed it the first time, but I was just so worried about noticing the date that I had just not even noticed that there were two babies. So, 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 so excited for her. That's so neat that she's having twins. It's a fun emotion to feel that elation. I can't even imagine what her feelings are. (laughs) And the last emotion was indulgent. Last week, at the beginning of the week, I was being pretty lazy, and I knew I was being lazy, but I just kept basking in the laziness, and my house kind of got messy. I was just enjoying newborn cuddles, and we just kind of had lazy days, and then, of course, towards the end of the week, I got sick, and so then my house was even more messy, so then I felt a little bit chagrined because if I had kept my house clean earlier in the week, maybe it would have stayed cleaner at least definitely not clean with three kids but by the end of the weekend we were definitely feeling stir crazy and cooped up because I had indulged the first part of the week but who knew on to my list for the week my list this week is things that taste better homemade And I have five on this list that I thought of. I'm sure there are many more, but this is what I came up with. The first one is guacamole. I love homemade guacamole. I mix in a little salsa, a little sour cream, lemon juice, salt and pepper. Mmm, so tasty. Twice in the past week, I've been offered store-bought guacamole, and it's just not as good. It's pretty bland and very, very green. I just bet if it was doctored up that it would taste better. So that's my first one. Number two is mashed potatoes. I know I've mentioned this before because I'm a huge potato lover. I cannot eat instant potatoes, potato flakes, none of that. Yuck. (laughs) So yeah, homemade there. Number three is cookies, Mm, especially fresh out of the oven. Nestle Toll House will do in a pinch, and I even like those a lot. Maybe it's just the warm out of the oven component. (laughs) Number four is grilled cheese. Unless it's Zupa's. I really love Zupa's ultimate grilled cheese with the creamy pesto. But generally when you get a grilled cheese somewhere, it's fake cheese or too much cheese. Not the right ratio. So homemade grilled cheese. That's where it's at. And the last one, number five, pancakes. I don't like Bisquick or Krusty's or those instant pancake mixes. I just, they gotta be homemade. The only time I'll tolerate them is camping, but even then it's really hard for me. I just don't like the flavor. Okay, the topic for the week, virtual reality. This topic was prompted by a quote usually is, (laughs) and it says, warning, images in this mirror may be distorted by socially constructed ideas of beauty. And I just think that's so true. How many times have we heard and seen and noticed that we're not pretty enough, or we're not skinny enough, or someone else is better? That comparison is such a thief of joy. And most importantly, Those ideas of beauty are socially constructed. They're not even real most of the time. I still remember 
a YouTube video that I was shown in middle school health, and it was by Dove. It's called Dove Evolution, if you look it up, and it's only a minute long, but it shows this woman that they bring in, and she's just plain average looking, nothing wrong with her. And they adjust the lighting, they put on a ton of makeup, and do her hair, and all sorts of styling things. And then they go further and Photoshop the images that they have. They elongate her neck, and they trim out fat, and they raise her cheekbones, and again, adjust her hair more. (laughs) So that image is completely different than the woman that they brought in, her original image. And I should add here that it wasn't Dove that was doing the changing or advocating for this. They were vying for the opposite, that that's not true beauty. And is beauty what we really see, or is it just an idea? And that's always stuck with me to question what I see or what I compare myself to in the media, because is it even real? Not that we should be comparing in the first place, but it's just so harmful to set yourself to a standard that's unattainable. It reminds me of pictures of food, because you look at the commercial And that food looks so good. And when you get it, half the time it doesn't look half as good. They do all sorts of magic with the food too. I've heard they, with the pizza, they put glue in it to make the cheese look extra stretchy and stringy. Or they paint it or doctor it up to make it look super appetizing when it's not even real. Someone was giving a talk in church and he said something that I liked. He said... Everything we hear doesn't always have to be new. It can be a reminder. And I like that. So that's probably what this episode will be a lot of for you. It's a good reminder, but it's nothing new. I'm sure you've heard all of this before. It's a good reminder that the things people post are their highlight reel. I can almost bet that if you look at someone's family picture and ask them the story behind it, they'll tell you there might have been tears or bribes or traumatizing things happening or chaos ensuing beforehand, getting everyone ready and together and posed for the picture. We just never know the the real story behind it, so it's not fair to use it as a measuring stick against our weakness or chaos or crazy life. Okay, so we talked about appearances. Now we can talk about the physical actually being in the moment. And oftentimes it helps to look at the opposite to know and understand better. So what is not living in the moment? Well, dwelling in negative emotions. Hmm. Worrying about the future. When you can't forgive yourself. When you let the what-ifs rule your mind when you hold a grudge, or when you wait for the perfect timing. I thought those were good examples of what it means to not live in the moment. So now let's talk about living in the moment, being present, being there. What does that look like? You know me, I love alliteration, I love words. So all these happen to start with W. So you can practice these mindful tips. 
Number one is to wander. Pick a color, then go for a walk and notice everything of that color. Don't focus on arriving anywhere or having an agenda. Of course, this wouldn't work all the time because a lot of times you do have to go somewhere and you do have an agenda, but if you're wanting to be mindful and you're wanting to practice this, that's a good way to do it. Number two is to watch your wants. Wanting interrupts being. Just be in the moment, practice gratitude, appreciate what you have right now. Don't focus on wanting. Number three is to work with it. I have a quote with this one. It's by Eckhart Tolle, and he said, Whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you had chosen it. Always work with it, not against it. This reminded me of something I heard on my mission. A sister shared that she had a really hard area, a really hard companion. It was just a really rough time. But she came out at the end of it and said, you know, I wouldn't pray for it, but I wouldn't change it. And I just think that's so beautiful because she had learned to accept whatever came and she learned from it, grew from it. And while it wasn't the experience she would have chosen, she worked with it. Number four, don't wait for the weekend. (laughs) I liked this because that's kind of where I'm at right now since I'm a stay-at-home mom, which is totally funny now that I hear me say that because I know working people look forward to the weekend too because it's their day off. So why should I look forward to it as a stay-at-home mom? Well, that's when my spouse is off. (laughs) So uh, Joshua Glenn Clark said, we waste so many days waiting for the weekend so many nights wanting morning. Our lust for future comfort is the biggest thief of life. So I really liked that. Just be present. Enjoy what you have now. Enjoy your Wednesday, your Thursday, whatever day it is for you. And number five, be wherever you are. I've heard there are three parts to a trip. First is the planning and the anticipation, the daydreaming of what it's going to be like. The next part is the actual trip, what you do, your agenda, your itinerary, I should say. And then um, the last part is your memory of the trip. What happened, what you remember, what stuck out in your mind. And it's important to keep all those three separate because, again, they were different. When you were daydreaming about the trip, there's no way you could have known exactly what was going to happen. And the actual trip might have varied from your memory of it. Maybe you romanticized the past, but those are all three separate events. And so I just really liked that. Just be wherever you are at that time. Okay, so now we've talked about appearance, being there physically. And now the last part, I don't know where this quote comes from. I just found it when I was looking up being present. And it says, he said, don't you feel lonely living in your own little world? She said, Don't you feel powerless living in other people's worlds? And I like that because it just goes back to we create our reality. We create our life. And if we're living in someone else's world, it's, it's kind of just pretend. It's funny. I have my own little world here with my podcast. And that's different than reality. You're experiencing my podcast in a different way than I am. And... 
the other night, I was thinking, oh, I shared all about my adversity, baby. What if people now or in the future when they're listening are wondering what happened and how my baby's doing? And so I realized that I forgot to give an update. So I will give a quick update in just a minute. But also, it's just different in the way that I see the podcast. And a lot of times I don't see the end result. I don't know how people are experiencing it or feeling about it or liking it or not liking it. But it's my own little world. It's my own little hobby. And I just keep plugging along. (laughs) So with delivery, it was very fortunate because my placenta just came right off it. It didn't stay adhered to the other places that it was. It just came off smoothly. And because of that, I got to keep my uterus. I didn't have to have a hysterectomy. And I did lose a lot of blood. So it was considered a hemorrhage. And so I got one unit of blood. But other than that, everything went well. They got the baby just fine. However, he didn't cry right away, and that scared me so bad. That was a moment of worry that I didn't anticipate. They rushed him right off to the NICU, and he did spend 24 hours in the NICU on a CPAP machine just to get the hang of breathing again, or I guess in general. He hadn't ever breathed before, like any baby. (laughs) But recovery's gone well. I've been able to bounce back despite being sick this weekend, but I feel like with each child it gets a little bit easier, so... In case you're wondering, doing well, delivery went well, we're good. (laughs) And with empowerment, again, with our own little world, we make the rules. We're the ones that have that feeling of empowerment and it can drive us to action if we let it. There was a description that I really liked on the internet about empowerment and it said it's inner authority. So yeah, we choose what we want to believe. We choose what we want to do and be and, and act. Don't let anything else get in the way. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. You can find me on Instagram at A4Adversity or email me at genbank16 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.